The following message is from Temple Bible Church. For more information about the church and its ministries, visit www.templebiblechurch.org. Well, that is good news this morning that our waiting is done. God is with us. And so this morning, welcome to the birth of the King. No matter what sort of journey you took to get here, you might have come five minutes or you might have come 500 miles. Several years ago, I met some people who had been on a long journey. I was about 15 and I was eating in a cafe like this. It was called Ruth's Cafe in Deweyville, Texas. And Deweyville in its heyday had two cafes. Ruth and Nick's. Ruth and Nick were married. They had a separation. Ruth built her own cafe and her burger won out. It was the best burger I'd ever met until I turned about 35 years old. And once a week, my Aunt Carol, Uncle John, and I would go and have dinner at Ruth's Cafe. And my aunt was always bothered. She wanted me to have shrimp or steak, but the burger was just so good. And we're eating in Ruth's Cafe one Tuesday night, and we hear a couple with accents that are different than ours, which didn't happen a lot in Deweyville, Texas. And there's a couple there from Australia. Now, what in the world would a couple from Australia be doing in Deweyville, Texas? So my uncle went over to ask and find out, did they have a place to stay that night? All this good stuff. And they were traveling the back roads of America. And if you're traveling the back roads, you hit Deweyville. (laughs) And so we visited with them about their journey and the good time they were having in Texas. And they got up and left. And this other couple from Deweyville was in there. And three couples, that's a busy night for Ruth's, right? And they come over and they go, where were those people from? And we said, Australia. And the lady said, they drove all the way here from Australia? (laughs) And we all laughed and her husband just looked with disgust. And she goes, what? He said, there's an ocean between here and there. It would take an act of God to get them from from Australia to here in a car. Well, see, today we're going to read about three sets of people, and it took an act of God to get them to Bethlehem for the birth of the king. And what we're going to find out is that in the most unexpected moments, God shows up. We're going to see that life's interruptions are often God's invitations and that God will go to great lengths to bring people to Jesus. In Luke 2, it says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. See, Mary and Joseph, they were welcomed by Caesar to the birth of the king. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was from the house and line of David. Mary and Joseph, both from this royal line of David, they went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. God orchestrated Amazing things to get Mary and Joseph together and to Bethlehem. Mary hears from an angel that she is going to give birth to a child and she is afraid. Just before Luke 2 and Luke 
chapter 1, verse 30, the angel says to Mary, do not be afraid for you have found favor with God. Then behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And then the angel just says these amazing things. He will be great and he'll be called son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary says to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? How will this be? One of the most difficult things people find to believe about Christianity is the virgin birth. And if that's you today, I've got good news for you. It was hard for Mary to believe too. This angel says these amazing things. This child that's going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit is called great. He's going to be the son of the Most High. He is the one Israel is waiting for, the one all the world is waiting for and doesn't know it. He's going to sit on the throne of his father David. Israel was waiting for the Messiah to come, a son of David who would come and reign and bring prosperity and peace and restore Israel to its place in the world. He's going to reign over the house of Jacob or the house of Israel forever. His kingdom will be, will have no end. And Mary says, but how can this be? How can this be? And the angel says, he will be holy and he will be called the son of God. And so Mary bursts forth in praise. She magnifies God because he's done great things for her. She magnifies God because he's shown mercy to his people. She magnifies God because he's the God who gives strength to those who don't have any. And that God who did great things for Mary, can do great things for you and me. He can show mercy to you and me. He can give strength to us when we think we don't have any strength because Jesus came. Mary was afraid and Joseph was afraid as we talked about last night. But this angel said, this baby that's coming is God with us. And here's what we can know. That sometimes circumstances come from the Lord and we think what in the world is happening we can trust that what God is doing in us is good news because he is with us. Mary and Joseph hear these things. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And then she's about eight and a half months pregnant and Caesar calls for a census to be taken. So they've got to take a 40 mile journey, which was a bit more difficult in the first century than it is in the 21st century. Maybe they were on I-35 and it would be about the same, right? Hey, hey, God, you keep telling us not to be afraid and we're not getting this. We're going to be taxed. Are we going to have enough money? See, they thought they were going to be registered, but they were going to the birth of their Redeemer. And in the most unexpected moments, God shows up. This is not going according to plan. Mary had a birth plan. I've actually got it written down right here. She left it back in Nazareth. She had a Parker Baby Company bag that was really nice, had all the stuff in it. She was going to give birth at Nazareth Central. She had this particular midwife, Dula, and Ellen Diener. She wanted to be there. She had a labor plan ready. She was going to get an epidural when she was a four or a five max. Kids, if you don't know what a four or a five max is, ask your mom today, okay? She wanted a quiet room, had her favorite Spotify playlist. She wanted sonic ice chips to chew on. She had signed all the consent forms and then this silly census had to be taken. They thought they'd go to Bethlehem, pay their taxes and get back home in time for delivery. But what God 
is going to remind Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the wise men is this, that he is orchestrating something beautiful and craziness. And their lives are going to tell his story of light shining in darkness. And the light that shines in the darkness is this baby in the manger. And the wonder of this child is that he's a light that overcomes all the darkness, all the adversity they're facing. And just like he overcame the darkness that they were facing, he overcomes the darkness we're facing if we trust in him. Mary and Joseph, they're welcomed by the Caesar. The shepherds, they're welcomed by angels. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Can you imagine Mary and Joseph thinking, what in the world is happening? We're wrapping our baby in these swaddling cloths and putting him in a place where animals are supposed to eat. They didn't know that was exactly the sign the shepherds would be looking for. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And the angels went away from them into heaven. And the shepherds said to one another, let us, over, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Can you imagine shepherd out in a field guiding your flock and an angel shows up. We got a black and white photo of a shepherd and sheep because that's the only kind of photography they had in the first century. <laughs> Listen, the shepherds would have been unexpected people that were welcomed to the birth of the king by these angels. They were unexpected people because they were kind of on the outskirts of society. There was a time in the life of Israel when shepherds were prominent. King David was called this good shepherd who would care for his people, but as laws grew and as time went by, shepherds became unclean people and they were around these dirty animals all the time. They were not who you would expect the announcement of the birth of the king to go to. It came to unexpected people and it came in an unconventional way. It came in an unconventional way. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with fear. And the angel said, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. They were unexpected people. It came in an unconventional way and it was an inconceivable message for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior 
which is Christ the Lord. The Messiah was born. He wasn't introduced as a warrior king like they thought he might be. He was introduced as a vulnerable baby. Unto you is born this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude and the heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. It's an inconceivable message given in an unconventional way to an unexpected people, and they're given an inescapable mission. Because when an angel shows up with a message from God, you do what the angel says. When the angels went away, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known. Their mission was to worship the king. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. This unexpected people, in an unconventional way, heard this inconceivable message. They had an inescapable mission. And Mary has an inexpressible joy. Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And what the shepherds find out is that not only does God show up in the most unexpected moments, that sometimes life's interruptions are God's invitations. See, we've all got our sheep to keep. And sometimes God shows up in the most unexpected way with an invitation into this beautiful thing he's doing in the world. And maybe like the shepherds, we would stand and wonder, See, the, the world pauses right now and really people don't know why. Well, just give me Christmas, but don't tell me about Jesus is the only way. And the truth is, if it wasn't for this baby born in Bethlehem, hey, there wouldn't even be a sale the day after Thanksgiving, right? There'd be no trees, there'd be no lights, there'd be no music, there'd be no presents. You wouldn't even get a day off work, right? But the world stops with an invitation from God to stand in wonder at this baby born in Bethlehem who can change everything. Mary and Joseph, they're invited by Caesar, the angels, they're invited by shepherds, the wise men, they're welcomed by a star. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. Wise men are guided by a star, God's using astrology to direct these people to Jesus. When Herod the king heard this, he's troubled and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you 
shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and he ascertained from them when the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. For when you have found him, bring me word that I may too come and worship him. So the time came for Mary to give birth. She gives birth. They're in the manger. And what probably happened is Joseph would have had family in Bethlehem. So they're there in the stable because there's no room in the inn. And then a day or two later, they go and find family. They're in a house. So Herod sends them to Bethlehem, go and search diligently for the child, and when you found them, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And after they listened to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star they had seen rose, and it went before them, and it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. See, doubters find this story kind of fanciful, hard to believe that a star could have guided anyone to Jesus. Surely it's just a legend that has some parallels in ancient accounts. Surely Matthew made up the Magi. He was either deceived or maybe worse, he was a deceiver to make up such a story. But I think we have to ask ourselves, why would Matthew make up this story? Especially since he was writing a book for Jews to read and hear. Jews would have thought of astrology kind of like Christians think of the lottery, right? That Powerball gets high enough, you might just go to the store and play it, but you really know it's not reliable and you probably shouldn't do it. But for Persia, the Magi would have followed this star. So if God could bring the nations to himself by speaking their language, Matthew might better tell someone. And over and over in his account, he's going to tell the Jewish people that God has sent Jesus to save the Gentiles too. That's why, that's why the wise men come to see him who was born king of the Jews. These wise men, they weren't kings or princes, but they were advisors to kings or princes. They did bring three gifts, but they were more than three people. They found Jesus in a house, not a manger, And they might not have known the fullness of the story, but they knew this baby was the king. They might not have known the weight of their gifts. They might not have known that they were bringing gold to the greatest treasure the world's ever known. They might not have known they were bringing frankincense, this oil for anointing to anoint a newborn king. They might not have known that they were bringing myrrh, this spice used for burial, to this king who was born to die for your sin and my sin and their sin and to be buried and to rise from the dead. But they knew to honor the king. See, what the wise men teach us as they're welcomed by the star is that God will go to great lengths to bring people to Jesus. Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the wise men, through a variety of ways, they're welcomed to the birth of the king. But the king really isn't welcomed. He's not welcome to the party 
There's no room for him in the inn. Mary and Joseph show up and the inn is full. Can you imagine if the innkeeper had known who was there? He goes to the nicest room he has. He says, I'm sorry, we gotta get y'all out of the way. We've got someone really special coming in. They welcomed everyone but him. Imagine having a birthday party, right? You're gonna do it upright. You get candles, you get the cake, you get the presents, you get decorations, you invite people. It's little Johnny's birthday and little Johnny shows up and you open the door and you go, hey, little Johnny, we don't have room for you. We're just gonna have a party, right? Well, it's not a birthday party if the birthday boy's not there. Jesus is not welcome at the end. It's not just that he's not welcome at the end. He's not welcome in the throne room. Herod hears that this king has been born and he is troubled and he seeks to kill him. It's the most confusing story in all the scripture to me because Herod really is a king without power. He's a puppet king to Roman occupiers and they tell him what to do and he does it. There's a king who's come who can change everything for Herod. But he's not welcome. The king isn't welcome in the inn. He's not welcome in the throne room. He's not welcomed by the religious leaders, the very people who should have known. Herod assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired, where is the Christ to be born? And they said, in Bethlehem of Judea. It's written in the prophet. Bethlehem and the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah for From you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. The Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem. And the religious leaders aren't there looking for him. Jesus later would say to the sons of these chief priests, the next generation of rulers, you search the scriptures because you think in them you'll find eternal life, but it's they that speak of me. All of scripture has been pointing to this baby who will be born, but the religious leaders just want to mark off their list instead of looking for the markers of the Messiah. One time many years ago, our executive pastor, Danny Cunningham, went to Ukraine. It was one of his first times meeting our partners in Ukraine, and they wanted to give him a welcome. So he goes into Kiev. And there's an opera singer, this famed soprano in all of Ukraine, and she's going to be singing this night. And so he's tired, but they take him and he's blown away by the show. She puts on this incredible performance that's so beautiful, it crosses language barriers. And then they get out of the theater and they go into a bus, a little electric trolley. It's one of the most common forms of of Ukrainian travel. It's how the common people get around, really inexpensive. And a lady gets on and she's got kind of a worn out coat and her hair is covered. But Danny looks over and he says to his friends, hey, that's, that's the opera singer. That's that lady. And they think he's a crazy, tired American, which is fair because he is, right? But he said, no, no, that's her. They said, no, no, no way, it's not. So he just keeps looking. And finally, as the bus is going, the trolley's going, he gets up and walks over and says, excuse me, ma'am, thank you for your performance tonight. And she looks up and smiles and says, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. See, right there in the middle of all those people is greatness. And nobody knew. That's what happened in Bethlehem. 
See, Christmas is kind of like reading the Bible. If it doesn't lead you to Jesus, you're not doing it right. All the celebration is all about this baby. And what we see is Joseph and Mary are welcomed and the shepherds are welcomed and the wise men are welcomed is that God will go to great lengths to bring people to Jesus. And in the most unexpected moments, God shows up and life's interruptions are God's invitations. Well, how do we know God will go to great lengths to bring people to Jesus because God went to great lengths to bring Jesus to people. The Word, who was with God and who was God in the beginning, became flesh and dwelt among us. The one and only, begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Listen, for a lot of you, lunch is in the oven. You got relatives that are at home waiting for you. They didn't come. You're sitting here wondering, are they looking through our stuff? And the answer is yes, they are. (laughs) So you need to go see them. But today, as you go home and celebrate, celebrate this baby. Celebrate this baby born in Bethlehem because the Christ child is the king God promised. The baby lying in the manger is, in fact, God with us. And that is really good news. God, we thank you for this good and beautiful news that the Messiah has come, the king has come, that under us is born a savior which is Christ the Lord and this baby changes everything so father let us worship the king would you show up in the most unexpected places and unexpected ways as we end this year would you interrupt our lives and invite us into what you are doing and would you use us to bring people to this king Jesus in his name we pray. Amen. Would you